Welcome to 20-something Conversations, a podcast that unearths and explores the trials, tribulations and triumphs of people in their 20s. Hello lovely listeners, I hope you're all doing really well. In today's episode, I sat down with ceramicist Gabriella Rhodes to discuss how art can be used as a way to centre and exercise the mind. Working predominantly with clay, Gabriella spoke about how the material forms an important connection to the natural world and acts as a reminder to slow down and enjoy the present moment, which really gives the art the potential to not just be a creative outlet, but a mindful one. We both emphasise the point that there is no such thing as a bad artist, that creating and having an artistic flair is within us all. We also spoke about the rise in artsy events from pottery workshops to life drawing classes that incorporate art and socialising in a relaxed, fun and inclusive environment. Gabby has one of the most calming voices that I have been lucky enough to listen to, which matches the general peaceful energy that exudes from her. I really love today's conversation, and I think that it really allows you the sort of permission to let yourself try your hand at a creative craft, with the practice itself being more important than the finished product, something I know reflects the behaviour of our day-to-day. Thank you for listening to this, and as always, please do leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if you get a quick second, and do share this with anyone you think might enjoy the show, as it really helps to get the podcast heard by lots more lovely people. And with that, I hope you enjoy this episode. Bye! This episode is sponsored by No Post on Sundays, a little dose of inspiration to arrive into your inbox each fortnight. No Post on Sundays is driven by the desire to share inspiration with features, music, visuals, and more, with the hopes of motivating readers to reach their goals, as well as encouraging them on their journey of personal development. To subscribe to the service, it's only $11.99 for 12 e-journals over six months, which is just 99p per e-journal. Head to milkandmoon.com forward slash no post on Sundays with a hyphen between each word for more information and to subscribe. Okay, uh, I wanted you on the show because I remember you held a workshop with Katrina, was it two or three weeks ago now? Yeah. And it was like an cl- introduction to clay hand building, and I remember I was just going to go because I wanted to try something different, but then the way you spoke about the practice, it seemed more of like a mindful activity rather than just going to have a go at something new. So before we get into all that, can you just tell people who you are, what you do, and how old you are? Yeah, um, I'm Gabriella Rhodes, I'm 25. And at the moment I work as a marketing assistant and as like a freelance artist um, for an organisation in Stoke called British Ceramics Biennial. Thank you. And how did you kind of get into that? Because you're a marketing assistant but you also do freelance stuff and also the workshops. So how has that kind of all been branched out a little bit? Yeah, it's a bit of a long-winded story but I first started working with clay about four years ago um it was something i did at uni and then through working in clay i got to know the organization the bcb and i volunteered at a festival that they put on a couple of years ago um i got talking to uh, somebody that worked for them and ended up interning for them and now it's just kind of progressed i feel really passionate about the values that they have as an organization and i think we've just kind of grown did you kind of, were you artsy in school? Did you do a lot of like clay work in school or was it literally when you'd left that you were like, I want to give this a go? Yeah, not really. I did do art as an A-level and I really enjoyed it, but I always thought I was going to do something that was more biology or psychology. Mm-hmm. Studied both of them at A-level, um, thought I was going to go into therapy 
and um, I moved to Australia when I was 19 and it was only then through like a specific group of friends and chance encounters that mm-hmm. I started doing floristry work and I did the silversmithing workshop and started making some jewellery. Oh cool. Um, yeah, so, so you did a bit of everything then. Yeah. Was massively. this where you kind of found maybe, not your niche, but like you were trying everything and then when you found ceramics we were like, oh, I actually like love this more than the rest. Yeah, I think there's so many things that I enjoy. I'm really bad for actually sticking <laughs> to one thing and I felt like even through uni it felt like doing a foundation course because I was like, oh, photography, yeah, that's really cool, oh yeah. no, ceramics, and, and I kind of tried a bit of everything, which is great because now I feel like they all influence what I'm doing in different oh, ways, yeah. um, but ceramics was just something that I kept coming back to, and the more, I, the more I was doing it and the more I was reading about it, the more I felt really passionate about that material mm-hmm. and about its potential, um, so ceramics kind of just stuck. But throughout uni, I, I always used film or photography or sound to go mm-hmm. alongside it because it was kind of the experience of working with clay that I felt um, really connected to, not necessarily making a finished, mm-hmm. beautiful, crafted piece of pottery, yeah. um, which I still have a lot of respect for. For yeah. me, it was just more the experience the of working with clay. Yeah, the different processes that you could do with it. It's so interesting because I know that like when I was maybe in school or even when I'd left school, even when I heard about the workshop you're holding, I was like, oh, it sounds like it's going to be really tricky because it's dead fiddly and it's this and that. And it's like you said, like it was more about the practice rather than the finished product. Yeah. And I think that's, I think when I do workshops is what I try and highlight is that I'm not a master potter and there mm-hmm. are definitely people that you could go to if you wanted to learn the really fine um, detail of it. Yeah, fine detail and there's lots of people that I could recommend or put people in contact with. Mm-hmm. So with mine it's it's we'll we'll do an introduction into the processes and we'll talk about how you could make a pot mm-hmm. but we'll also talk about um, how you feel when you're doing the processes and things to kind of notice and maybe things that might not traditionally be taught, so how you might fire a pot in the ground and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And That kind of links in with, because you were saying you were going to do, was it therapy or uh, so like art yeah. therapy or like yeah. stuff like that, it kind of links in with where your interests were around uni time and how they kind of develop and change with what you end up doing. Yeah, it's funny, I think when you, at the time, nothing feels very connected mm-hmm. and then the older you get definitely not yeah yeah and you look back and you're like oh I've totally just carried on with the same values that's so true like I always say that I went to uni and I did journalism and it was broadcast journalism so we did tv radio and like digital and stuff and then in my final year I went through the same thing that most people go through where it's like I'm never going to use this it's a waste of time and now two years later I've got a podcast I write a new journal and like sometimes I do videos and it's like it is true it kind of I mean it, I feel like when you're under education it kind of makes you feel like resentful of it mm-hmm. because you have to do it to get a grade mm-hmm. but then as you get older it's like you said your values stay the same yeah yeah and I, I think as well sometimes you when you're in the middle of uni you don't necessarily know what all the options are mm-hmm. so it feels quite regimented like when I was yeah. doing my degree at uni it's called 3D design and I was like oh, I don't think I want to be a designer and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I want to try and be an artist full time yeah. I think there's something else 
to do with people and to do with experience and to do with like feeling well but I didn't necessarily know what that was and it was only through learning about the British Film Experimental that I knew that that kind of work even existed. It's so true like when I thought I was going to uni to study journalism it was to be a journalist if you go to uni to study law it's to be a lawyer and like you said you don't. So journalism is obviously so connected to what you're doing now yeah doing no it's mad <laughs> so it's just really it's really funny looking back on it thinking how resentful I was of it at first and yeah but that's how I, I think that was as well. yeah I think it's pretty normal when, yeah. when you finish uni you just go right I don't want to look at another pot again exactly or I don't want to write about another article yeah like and then even when you get close to doing it later you're just still like oh well you know it's still, it was still a waste of time, but then you just have to be like, no, it was a, it was a good use of your time, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you've said that it's not simply just working with clay, like that you that you feel drawn to. It's more about like the the connection to the earth and the elemental factors. So can you just tell? And that was like that was something that really drew me towards what you were saying in the workshop. So you can just tell us a little bit more about that about like what draws you to, towards the practice and the material. Yeah, I think that's what you just said is, is what I discovered through just working with ceramics. So initially, I think just the objects are really beautiful and mm-hmm. the processes are really enjoyable. But then the more you look into it, it's such an ancient form of artistic expression. It's mm-hmm. like one of the oldest ones there are. And clay feels, you know, it feels so dirty when you working with it it yeah. comes from the ground and I think that's just a really nice connection and I don't know whether it was because I'd moved from quite uh, you know an open natural environment in Australia mm-hmm. and I'd moved to the urban world of yeah. Manchester <laughs> but it felt um, it felt really different and maybe clay was a way of just feeling like I had that connection back to those other spaces um so yeah I find as well when we were working with it I was just thinking in my head um the good thing about the fact that your hands get so dirty is that you don't feel like you want to use your phone I found that the most like because it was about was it a three or four hour workshop it It was two and a half yeah but then the whole time I was there like I didn't even feel like you need to use your phone because like it's mm. bad that your hands have to be dirty for you not to use it but I think that was almost the reason why I was so focused on the environment yeah um I feel like nowadays people are often more like drawn to give like art workshops a go rather than what they were used to and so why do you think that is? Because for me, I feel like school kind of conditioned me to believe that, you know, there's good art, there's bad art, and, you know, if you can't do it, there's no point in trying, really. Whereas nowadays, people are a lot more open to, like, you know, the adult colouring books mm. or going to workshops or social, like, um, environments where people mix it together. So why do you think that's kind of changed a little bit? Um, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because there's more on offer. Mm. Um, definitely since I started at uni it just feels like there's a lot more life drawing classes popping up I think there's um, a lot more organizations that are seeing spaces that they have Mm -hmm. and seeing ways that they might be able to use them in different ways yeah that's a good point Um, thinking from their perspective because I always think of like the consumer but that's when someone has a business and they need to use the space yeah yeah. and then maybe on an individual level people are just craving a bit more creative Mm -hmm. expression 
um, yeah, people want to kind of invest in themselves as well. Like I think now that there's not, I'm not saying there's not a stigma attached to mental health, but it's not as it's not as like a dirty term to talk about. So yeah. people are a lot more, um, they're a lot more open to investing in themselves, and I think investing in projects where you're working with art is definitely something that helps your mind yeah. in, in a nice relaxed way. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say are the healing benefits of kind of mindfully, like we've titled this as mindfully crafting your way to calm, so maybe not healing but like aiding you, what do you think are the benefits? Yeah, I mean, I guess I can only really talk from personal experience because I'm not a trained mindfulness teacher, mm. I'm not a trained therapist and I'm, I would be careful um, to suggest that you can be healed by doing mm -hmm. um, a workshop or by doing something creative. I think people have their personal journeys and they might tell you, since I started drawing, since I started doing this painting class, I feel completely different. Mm -hmm. So I think there definitely is potential for that. Um, but for me, I've just found that by doing ceramics, I can get completely lost in what I'm doing for about five hours. Mm -hmm. I can remember being at uni and doing this one project, and I was honestly in the studio for about eight hours a day, doing the oh same process. But you loved it, right? Parts. <laughs> yeah. And I'd come out of it and be like, wow, I just want to go back there in the morning. Like, yeah. there was no resentment oh, yeah. towards I'd love it. that, yeah. I'd love to have that feeling about something. Yeah, and I guess maybe art in general is about people finding some sort of meaning in the world or mm. being able to communicate how they interpret the world. Yeah. And I guess that can be quite a therapeutic process. Because that's what I was going to say to you. Do you... You personally, did you kind of have like an aha moment where it was like, this is really like cleansing my mind? Or do you think just over time it's kind of conditioned you and now you're, do you feel more, if you looked back 10 years or five years, are you as peaceful and as mindful as you are now, do you think? I think I'm much more aware of, of when I need to take some time out and when I need to um, be more mindful. Yeah. Um, but I th I've, I think I've found there's been different ways of exploring that. So perhaps a few years ago before I'd started uni, that was maybe through nutrition and that was through exercise and, and that would be how I would feel less stressed or I'd feel more mindful. And then since going to uni and discovering ceramics, it was like, oh, okay, that does it as well. Mm -hmm. um, but then at, on the same breath, going for a walk or, you know, taking a trip somewhere yeah. and just spending some time out hiking or mm -hmm. swimming and stuff like that. I think there's so many different avenues that you can feel mindful. Definitely. How, because I remember you saying in the workshop that you had an experience when you recently went, where was it that you went to do some clay work and then you came back and one of them, and you were like carrying them back. Oh, can God, you just yeah. tell because I just <laughs> want you to tell that story. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so I spent some time in Denmark in November and December and um, I was really lucky that I got nominated for that in my degree show. Mm -hmm. um, it's a residency at this amazing um, international ceramic centre in Denmark. So I uh, went there, I made some work 
and I wasn't planning on firing it because I was quite interested in just exploring whether things need to be fired to be mm-hmm. finished and what's the environmental impact of ceramics and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I left it for a while um, and I exhibited them unfired. Uh, and then I came home and I thought, oh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to fire it all with somebody else and mm-hmm. share the kiln. And then I'll just bring them home. It's like mm-hmm. just a nice memory and like a, re- a bit of an archive of work. Keep in mind, let's just say these things were quite large. Yeah, and they were like <laughs> just clay through and through. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty large. Um, one of them, which was maybe like what's that? A meter by a meter. Yeah. That one stayed there. That one that I did bring <laughs> But yeah, there was three others, and I went back to Denmark. I fired them, and then I thought it would be a really clever idea to ship them back on my back rather than pay for any kind of delivery. Such a cheapskate. Um, <laughs> We'd all do it. Yeah, yeah. I could do that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I brought them back in like a big rucksack on my back and it was ridiculous. I think it it was about a two and a half hour journey. Mm-hmm. Three three hours, two and a half hours, um, to get them to the airport and then again like bringing them back home. <laughs> and three survived and one smashed one lost yeah so how, like, how did you do you think the, the mindfulness kind of helped got you to deal with that quite and were you just like god damn it I don't know about that I was more like fair enough I think one yeah. one had to break yeah I didn't you were trying your luck a little bit yeah I was definitely practicing some steady breaths yeah I'd love to see that go through security though like on the conveyor belt um, so you've now held quite a few like artsy event and workshops so and you were collaborating with others to do that but can you tell us a little bit about them like how they came about if it's been like a just with friends or um, so I think well the most recent ones the ones that um, have happened in Stoke have been down to one amazing woman who you've interviewed Katrina <laughs> Wild um, yeah, she got in contact with me maybe in January and just asked if I wanted to be a part of her exhibition. She was inviting various artists uh, local to Stoke-on-Trent to teach quite an informal workshop. Um, so yeah, it's really been thanks to her and thanks to Entrepreneurs Network um, that those workshops have happened. Um, the second one that we did, the drawing and sound, was something that came about after she'd asked me to do the clay one mm-hmm. um, but it's something that we've been talking about for a while and thinking about how we could work with each other and yeah it's funny how like you how that came about just probably by most events nowadays come about through just general conversation where you're like oh that could be that could be an event Definitely. that's something we could do and I wish I would have come to that one because you were very passionate about incorporating sound as well yeah. and to kind of guide the practice so when it comes to like creating these environments, what what would you say makes a mindful workshop or something? Um, aside from I guess, aside from actually delivering a mindfulness course within a workshop, I think you can create a mindful space by giving people the opportunity to really engage with the process mm-hmm. and giving them time to work at their own speed mm-hmm. um, and then obviously you can make the surroundings um, just a really nice space to be in mm-hmm. uh, I think lighting is a huge one yeah um, natural light dim light 
sound and so many associations and memories with sound. We were really careful with the playlist that we were using. Yeah, it was perfect. That. Oh, which it, one? Though? Yeah, in my workshop. Yeah. And then for the drawing and sound workshop, we just felt live music would mm-hmm. be just much more engaging and would make it really special. So um, Katrina knew a musician called Leo and he used his um, electric guitar and made some really beautiful sounds mm. which accompanied the drawing. Um, and yeah, we, we decided to use food as well, just as a nice way to break up the workshop and as a way for people to come together. Mm. Um, yeah. That's one thing I found, like going to more workshops and even like like yoga studios or whatever, it kind of, the second people walk in, they know that they all have um, like kind of a unified connection, so they're just naturally open with each other and yeah. can kind of, and it's like a safe space. Yeah. So I think it's lovely that mm-hmm. these are all popping up to kind of show people that there are spaces out there where you can connect with other people, because yeah. a lot of people can generally feel quite lost with their own friendship groups, so. Yeah, definitely. People often avoid kind of working, well, wanting to work with other people with the fear of them, like, they don't want to teach their craft Mm -hmm. because they say, oh, like, what if they go and do it themselves? So, and also they don't want to collaborate with people. So why do you think it's important for you to work with others and to teach that craft to others as well? Um, I guess the collaboration part um, becomes really important when you're at university to begin with because... You're surrounded by so many different practices and you end up just finding people that kind of align with what you do or maybe challenge you in a certain way and it's really nice to explore that together. Um, but in terms of being worried about people uh, like copying your craft, I think there's so much, so much more of that goes on just through social media mm-hmm. and I think there's so many people who's um, aesthetic and whose practice is mimicked from somebody just saving one of their Instagram mm-hmm. pictures and if somebody's actually paid money and has invested their time to come to one of your workshops they're not generally gonna turn yeah. around and identically copy what yeah what you're doing there might be some similarities to begin with but I think eventually people would find their own voice mm-hmm. and yeah you can kind of tell when when it's if somebody kind of um, had been inspired to do their own thing that's familiar, there is also a genuine, um, you can tell that they have their own thing going and it's separate rather than a direct copy. Because yeah. I know two friends that are wonderful, they, they both do macrame mm-hmm. and they're both really good friends with each other, but they have completely different styles. Mm-hmm. So they support each other and help each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so important, yeah. definitely. And I think just being open with people um, and being really kind to people yeah. I don't think there's a lot of people that would turn around then and like sabotage what you're doing yeah you know, no you're definitely not it. and if they do it's what how many people is that really going to yeah. be it's not it's, it's not the vibe of the kind of people that we surround ourselves with <laughs> yeah. um, so thinking dreaming big what would be like a dream event you would want to have that blends mindfulness and craft I was thinking about this question and I think at the moment because I feel quite early on with everything that I'm doing you know I've only been graduated a year Mm -hmm. Um, so for me at the moment it's just really amazing to work with different organisations that I feel Mm -hmm. are like leading in this kind of arts and health 
movements. So yeah. the British Drama Biennial was one of them when I was at uni, so it's really nice to be able to work with them at the moment. Um, and then like Manchester Art Gallery also have another really strong wellbeing programme. Um, and then there's just really beautiful spaces yeah. around the UK, which would be amazing to be able to do something with, like Yorkshire Sculpture Park, the Hepworth mm. Wakefield, uh, Kettle's Yard in Cambridge. Yeah, um, oh my gosh, you should do a sculpture park in Stoke. You should head, head <laughs> do one of those like, projects. Of, yeah. yeah, but I guess there's, there's other practitioners as well, which would just be really interesting to work with, like working more with a sound artist, but more on a collaborative um, mm-hmm. level rather than maybe a commissioning level like we did with the workshop. Maybe working with a mindfulness teacher and actually seeing what the results of that would be and how people feel that ceramics and mindfulness actually work together when they're both being taught. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of doing when you said that when you were back at uni or just after when you were trying loads of different things, it's still kind of doing that same thing and just constantly learning, constantly yeah. experimenting. Yeah, I think so. So this podcast predominantly speaks to people in their twenties, although it's for everyone. Um, what would you say to people in their twenties on how to incorporate a mindful craft into their week, into their day? Yeah, I mean, I think workshops are a really, really good place to start, and there's so many different ones out there. Whether it's life drawing, or if you're interested in painting or weaving, or you know, it could be cooking, it could be anything. Yeah. And I think use the artists in your community they're there and they're willing to offer advice and offer tuition mm-hmm. um, maybe it could be as simple as making time in your day to read a book or mm-hmm. getting up an hour early to have some time to yourself before you start your day mm-hmm. just I think as well like trying to um, try not to believe everything you were told in school because I got a D at A level in art mm-hmm. and and I really think that's the reason why I was so put off from doing many different things yeah. with art in general and it was only this past year that I started to kind of play around even when sometimes I'd go to places and it was life drawing I'd be like oh, I'm just showing this so I yeah. want to do it yeah. so I think it's trying to recondition your mind to believe like anyone is creative and the avenue is open for anyone yeah definitely and I guess maybe that could even start by going to your local art gallery Mm -hmm. um, and just having a walk around it's would be free, I think. Yeah. Um, and but even if it's not, like, it's something, it's again, it's investing in yourself and yeah. doing something different, yeah. but and no star free. And you can just see what you're drawn to and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my mum my was saying, we've done a few workshops together, and initially she says, oh, you know, I'm not creative, I can't do this. But mm-hmm. then as soon as you go into that situation, it's, it's a lot easier to just give things a go and focus on the process of doing it and I guess not worrying so much about what the outcome is and whether mm. it's perfect or yeah which is just the mindset of so many people yeah. worrying like how it's all going to end up yeah. and forgetting to enjoy the journey which is something I do on a daily basis I'm too busy trying to get to that point oh definitely I do that all the time but at the end of the day it's also you're not going to go to one workshop in ceramics and come away and be a potter mm-hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't work like that and I think that's probably the same for most art mediums so mm-hmm. I guess losing that trying to lose that that approach when you go into it 
Reminds me of a quote that I really like that always that says um, begin at the beginning. Yeah. So rather than just like begin and think that you're going to be in a certain place, mm. just start at the start and just let it roll. Yeah. Expectation can be really debilitating. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So lastly, um, I was wondering um, what direction would you, do you see kind of your, your like, artistic future going in do you think you'd want to like build a hub or would you just want to keep collaborating with people or keep yeah. learning i think at the moment it's split between um the kind of maybe more selfish part of me where i want to continue with my ceramic practice and build a bit of a portfolio of work and then the other side of it where really wanting to explore this kind of arts and health and working with different community groups mm-hmm. and just focusing more on art being accessible mm-hmm. and it becoming um, I guess a part of people's lives not necessarily because they want to be an artist but because they want some sort of creative mm-hmm. um, out, output in their lives yeah. so yeah a bit mixed I guess I can imagine it There'll be a lot more collaborations in the future. I forgot to ask as well. With your, do you have a particular kind of style of work, or is it more about is your work just um, a finished product of the process, or is there a particular style? Um, I mean, there's particular techniques that I use. I'm mostly hand build. I enjoy throwing as well, but it's predominantly hand building. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will use film like collected film or collected sounds mm. of the processes to show alongside oh, okay. it. Yeah. Um, I've done some work as well with quite um, primitive techniques of ceramics where you like um, build a fire or build it, like mm-hmm. dig a hole, build a pit and then fire you work in it and it's mm. about that kind of process. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And before we finish, tell everyone about the festival that's coming up where you work, just so everybody, if they want to come, come to it. Thanks. Shameless <laughs> <Like, laughs> plug. Um, yeah, so the organisation that I work for is called British mm-hmm. Romics Biennial. Um, and every two years they hold a contemporary arts festival in Stoke. Um, this year they're working with some of the amazing heritage sites across the city, like Middleport Pottery, World of Wedgwood. Pottery's Museum and Art Gallery and Spode Museum Trust Heritage Centre. So it's a five week festival, it's all free and there's a, kind of a variety of exhibitions um, and there's also some hands-on engagement that people can do. Um, so it's kind of suitable for people that are just really into ceramics or for families or for people that just want to know a little bit more or for people that are passionate mm-hmm. about Stoke-on-Trent and about the ceramic uh, heritage of the area. I feel like the art the art scene in Stoke is definitely on the, on the rise, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, it's exciting. So thank you so much for coming on and telling us all about, like, I think... Um, it's definitely a topic that some people kind of stray away from when it comes to discussing like mindfulness and craft when they think that they're just not able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Okay, and so I'll make sure to link everyone to everything that Gabriella does, everything that's coming up with her. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Yay! <laughs>
That was great.